Hey, what's up you guys? This is Roxy and Aubrey, and we wanna welcome you to the Why Not You podcast. In this series, what you're gonna be getting from us is how we were able to completely change our entire lives, you know? Uh, I used to be a waitress. Aubrey had his doctorate of physical therapy, and both of us decided to go outside of what we were brought up in and just decided to completely revolutionize and completely change our lives. And what we're gonna be sharing with you is how we were able to do that, how we were able to build a million dollar business, become our own bosses, and truly just live this extraordinary life where we get to be the creators and design a life that we're excited and passionate about and how we were able to overcome obstacles, multiple jobs, unsupportive friends and family, challenges, and all the things that come up whenever you set your mind to big goals. We're gonna be sharing those things with you here, so whatever your big goals are, you can have a toolbox and mentors there with you every step of the way. We're excited. Well, hello, super excited. Uh, Welcome to the episode 20 of the Why Not You podcast. Uh, I'm excited because this one is called Mom the Mentor. It's pretty cool, right? We got M and M, right? Uh, so we were thinking about the next podcast topic, and Roxy was like, why don't you interview your mom? And I was like, hey, that's a great idea. Uh, Roxy has some great ideas every now and then, you know? So got to give her credit, because if I don't, I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> so we're going to be hearing from my mom, uh, Rosa Clark, right? She had me. A lot of the reason why I am the way I am, and uh, I'm excited for you guys to get to meet her. You know, my mom is where I got a lot of my discipline from. I also look just like her, right? People say we look like twins. And also, my mom was the first person that really taught me a lot of things by example, right? I didn't really, mom never had to tell me to work hard. I just saw her working hard. Uh, Mom didn't have to tell me to sacrifice or be disciplined. I just saw her be sacrificing and disciplined. So, so much of what I learned and who I became and why I, you know, become who I am is from what I saw my mom do. So I'm excited for you guys to get to meet her. Yes, she is Marine Corps, just transitioning on to her next journeys. She'll be telling you a little bit more about that. And I'm really just excited for you guys to learn from her mindset because her mindset is what's really been an invaluable tool in me creating anything I've created in my life, Roxy creating things she's creating in life and what we create together. Because, you know, as we're going on this journey, Roxy and Aubrey came from our parents. So I'm excited for you guys to meet Rosa Clark, mom, the mentor. Welcome, mom. How you doing? Very good, babe. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited. So I'm going to take you through a few questions and, you know, just just be yourself. Uh, I'm excited for everybody to get to meet you. And the first question is, you know, what made you? Tell us a little bit of background about Rosa. Well, we would have to go back a little bit to uh, when I... When I transitioned, I would say from Mexico to the U.S., what made me was, I don't know why I had an epitome on the last year of high school. And I decided that my last semester on, I would not accept anything less than 90 and above on my studies. That started it, I think. Uh, it started to get me on the way. Before that, I, I don't know. I went to school. I love school. But... I changed my last semester to a night school and for a high school. And I saw people there that wanted to be there because they had jobs during the day. And where I came from during the day, we were just kids going to school. And 
we were told to go to school by our parents and we didn't have a concept of what life was because we were still very young. And I was always one, young, one year younger than my peers because I started school early. So when I saw everybody else around me having families and working and going to school and giving them the, the, the all, even though they were tired and nobody had to tell them to go, I realized that I could do no less. So I started. And of course, what you want is what you achieve. So it happened. And then when the opportunity came to do something later on after two years of university, and you know, when you're a young college student, you run out of money sometimes, I decided to uh, venture into something else. I did not know anything about the Marine Corps, but the uh, recruiter was at the right place at the right time. He talked to me, I took the test, even though I didn't speak English, I did well because math was one of my favorite subjects. And 12 days later, after I signed that contract, I was on my way to boot camp. And the same mentality that I had that last semester of high school was no turning back. There is no reason for me not to make it. There is no other option, only to move forward. So that's how it all started, I would say. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about that, because, you know, I tell that story a lot, because uh, that's really the mindset of, of achievers. There really is no plan B. It's only plan A. You got to burn the boats kind of thing. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the mindset of going into the Marine Corps. 17, I think you were right. You were 17, correct, when you joined the Marine Corps? No, I was 17 when I graduated from high school and I went to two years of college. So I was 19. OK, so 19, right, mm -hmm. coming into the U.S., but you grew up in Mexico. Right? I did. You didn't speak English. No. So tell us a little bit about the mindset of not speaking English, joining the Marine Corps, right? One of the hardest training, uh, you know, military units and not speaking the language and going to another country to do it. Like what was going through your mind and what, you know, there were other people with more than you spoke the language, came from great, you know, backgrounds that didn't make it through. And what was the difference for you? I think the difference was that I felt there was no other option, period. There was no, I wasn't going to go back. There was a situation at home that I didn't want to deal with, that it was a little bit, uh, you know, just something I didn't want to go back to. And I felt that I had no option. I felt I could, I could have a little bit, um, that I had the necessary equipment, necessary mindset to do it. But I think, thinking back when you are 19 years old, sometimes you are just fearless and you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And that is the, the time. You don't know what you don't know. But all I knew was that I had to make it. I had to make it. I didn't speak English. That didn't deter me. I don't know why, to tell you the truth. But I, I told the recruiter I want to go as soon as possible. That's why the 12 days. And it was uh, on the 12th day that I was flying onto, uh, or to Paris Island. And on the last leg of the plane, I remember uh, somebody put me on first class because uh, something happened with the tickets. And there was a gentleman sitting next to me that kind of, uh, you know, we understood each other somehow. But he was like, where are you going? I told him Paris Island to the Marine Corps. And he said, oh. And he looked at me like, oh, poor thing. <laughs> you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. And I didn't. Uh, when I got there, uh, they put us all together. They gave us a bus ride. 
we got to the yellow footprints that are very well known for us Marines. Now they are very well known for me, but uh, not at that time. I had no idea. They get us off the bus and they start yelling at us. And I do not understand what they're saying. But the instinct to survive, I just started doing what I noticed everybody else was doing and they weren't getting yelled at. So I knew that if I follow some of that, I would probably be okay. So it was just uh, a very quick observation, very quick adaptation, and very quick, let's get it done and just go forward. That I'm going to tell, uh, I don't know why, but I know, at no time did I say, what did I get myself into? I need to go back. I was just like, oh, wow, I better get very quick at what I'm doing so I can make sure that I don't get yelled at. Nice. Awesome. Just adapting on the fly. I like it. So awesome. So let's go to the next one. Now you're in the Marine Corps, right? Uh, my mom served 35 years, just transitioned out, but she learned so many great habits in there. And that's the first question I want to ask, you know, uh, in the Marine Corps and in life in general, discipline is a great difference maker. Why are you so disciplined? Do you have like a thought process of why you discipline yourself or how discipline has served you? I think at the beginning, it was uh, just a chance that I got to a place where discipline worked. I saw you got up, you took, you, you were quick on your feet, you did what you needed to do in boot camp, and that uh, avoided me getting yelled at or being the center of attention from a drone instructor. I got to my first duty station or to school, and I noticed that if I was on time for formation, if I was good at uh, making sure that I did my PT or physical training, and I wasn't falling back on runs, I was going to be okay. It was better for me to do it. So discipline equal better. Discipline equal we go forward. And that's what I was looking for, going, moving forward, no matter which way, always positive forward. So discipline was the base of it. Focus, I would say, it just focused me on to being what I needed to be to get to where I wanted to go. Okay, nice. Next one, what's the importance of regiment and a schedule and how did you start building that habit? The, you know, a schedule is very important in the regiment because if you get into a routine, things become muscle memory. And muscle memory is going to save you, especially when you are very busy, especially when you're a young mother, a young Marine, a young wife, you, you're going to find out that wherever you can find efficiencies is going to be better for everybody involved. So a regiment and a schedule is efficient for everybody. Everybody knows where everybody is. It's kind of like brings you to a one, you know, everybody on the same page and making sure that you can identify deficiencies in time or where you can find efficiencies and do it. So that's the importance of a regiment and a schedule. But just to keep going is it's just a way to get things done in the better way possible for everybody to avoid doubling on things. Nice. What are some things that you've seen kind of in your life that's helped you to build the habits of a schedule and regimen? Say there's somebody that, you know, they just feel like they're all over the place. Uh, you know, what it could be some things that they could start doing that it could build them a schedule or regimen. So for example, I heard a speech and it made a lot of sense about always making your bed in the morning. It was Admiral, I think, in the Navy. He's like, always yes. make your bed in the morning, like little wins like that. Personally, have helped me to just create some momentum for the day and create a habit, success habit. 
Do you have anything else like that that, you know, has helped you just kind of build your habits of a schedule and a regimen? I, I did. I don't know what it is, but in my mind, every time that I'm looking to do something, go somewhere or get to from point A to point B, there's always something in my head that said, okay, which one is the most efficient way to do? And can I kind of like do time management by getting there? Like if I'm going, let's say from the bathroom to the bedroom, can I take something that I was going to take to the bedroom anyway, like dirty clothes or the trash and then go on my way to the kitchen? Can I do a couple of things at the same time? That is always on my head. I don't know why. Like when I drive, I know which route I'm going to drive. I want to make sure that I get the, either to the farthest point first and then come back or go from the first point to the last and then come back, but not zigzagging. So that, uh, it was just a matter of making sure that the time that I had was spent the best way. That if I got up in the morning, I, I minimized the time that I had to spend getting ready. I would put everything ready from the night before, everything, by the door or on my, uh, on my nightdress, I mean, uh, uh, my nightstand, whatever it is, everything was ready for the next day. So in the morning, all I had to do was get up when the alarm uh, sounded, get on what I had to do, and no time was wasted. Time management was definitely something that got me through it, just about everything. I like that. I do that too. The, the clothes in the morning already ready for the next day, maximizing time, uh, you know, not wasting anybody, any of it, making the most of it is what I heard. I like that. Next. Now you've seen, uh, my mom was a drill instructor. My mom's been a, a trainer and a teacher at many different schools in the military. So she's seen a lot of recruits, which are new people coming into the Marine Corps. And then a lot of Marines growing up in the Marine Corps, you know, what would you say are some of the differences that, made the difference between a recruit being successful, making it through boot camp and continuing on, and the ones that didn't? What are some things that made the difference, you think? You know, when I was a drill instructor, we always talked about some of the, the recruits as far as who, who, who had what it took. And we always said we would prefer a recruit that had heart and maybe needed some work physically or mentally. They, they weren't the best and brightest, but they had heart and they could get to be the best and brightest. Then somebody that came and they, everything was easy for them because they were very smart or very fit, but they had no heart. They had no, uh, you know, this is hard. I'm going to try my hardest, no matter how much. So that was the biggest difference. And we call heart what is... I. I how much do you want it? How much do you want something? Is that something that you really want or something that, hey, you can do or not? But that, is, that was the biggest difference because especially- Hold on one second, you're, you're scratching up a little bit. Is there something oh. scratching your mic? Okay, yeah. There we go, all right, that's better. Go ahead. Okay, uh, just the recruits who wanted it most always were the ones that did the best. They didn't have to be the fittest. They didn't have to be the ones that were done first because a lot of times the ones that were done first or were the, the smartest, they didn't have what it took to stick with it. Sometimes they would get recycled because mentally we're not uh, resilient enough because everything before perhaps had come too easy, they were not prepared. So the ones that always had to work a little bit harder were the ones that always 
finished. There was no doubt. And those were the ones I you always wanted around because they would find a way to make it. Yeah, that figure out, you know, quality, that make it happen quality, that stick with it quality. Uh, I think that's the biggest difference maker. Uh, I like that, the heart. Okay, so next let's go into what is success to you, right? You know, my mom is 35 years, achieved amazing ranks. I think mom started as uh, enlisted, which means, you know, uh, you know, an enlisted is more of the infantry based or more of the, there's officer, which is Marines that have gone to college, right? And have received a degree and then enlisted. How would you, how would you describe enlisted? Enlisted, there is a saying as enlisted when somebody calls uh, an enlisted person officer by mistake and they say, I work for a living. And that is just a little inside joke that we have because mostly enlisted is the, are the ones that do a lot of the manual hard labor, not the younger ranks, because as you get more into the more senior ranks, that's not necessarily the case. The officers are more of the managers, paperwork, a lot of the stuff. It's oversimplified what I'm telling you because that's not the, the case because yeah. a lot of senior enlisted have a lot of work to do that behind the desk, not necessarily going out there. And sometimes you as a young lieutenant are going to do some manual labor out mm -hmm. there. So, but the biggest difference would be uh, the officers have a lot of responsibility. Everything is uh, ultimately, they, they will be the ones that will have to pay if something goes wrong. Got it. So you started enlisted and then you went to officer school, right? Yes. I think about 15 years in. Yes. And then transferred over to enlisted, got her degree in the, in the United States Marine Corps, while in the Marine Corps. That's called a Maverick, right? When you start enlisted and then you go to officer? They call Mustangs. Oh, Mustang, Mustang, yes. got it. So that means you switched <laughs> over. And then in officer, you reached Lieutenant Colonel, Major, I always forget your last rank. Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel, which is really up there. So uh, that's always been awesome to kind of like tell people about it when they ask me. And if you guys don't know, it's like she started that one way, jumped the ladder by working hard uh, over to another ladder and kept on climbing. And the officer ladder, she started at the first step in the officer ladder, right? I think it's uh, Lieutenant. Yes, second and Lieutenant. Second Lieutenant and kept on climbing. So you know, what it, you've had a lot of accolades. My mom has a, all these like awards and all this stuff, right? Uh, and she's achieved a lot of great things. But for you, what would you say success is to you? Because success is different for everybody. Success was always making a difference, a positive difference in somebody's life with our family and with my Marines. There was always, uh, I remember a very uh, one night that we were in the field and there was a young Marine who uh, had had some problems. This was when I was enlisted, had had some problems. He was one of my Marines at the motor pool. And, you know, I had to give him some, uh, some discipline sometimes, some advice, some different, we, we got through some uh, things. And he had a family. And one time he said, you know, if you ever wonder if you made a difference in somebody's life, wonder no more. You made a positive difference in my life and I do appreciate it. That stuck with me. And that was as, a, as enlisted. Uh, many other instances as an officer, that was always um, a good thing to know, a good thing to do, because you do things for 
at least, you know, when, when they tell you that you love what you do, it's not a job. And I love what I did in the Marine Corps. So it was not a job for me. It was just kind of like a family. And my family, always, it was the Marine Corps and my own family. I love it. Success, making a difference, uh, and then also making a difference in the family. I like it. Uh, my mom has helped. Uh, my grandma is now a citizen, right? She lives in the U.S. Uh, and, you know, she has as a two-home owner, right? I always remember you guys, if you ever heard Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn said, get two homes, one car, not two cars, one home, right? So <laughs> mom is a multiple homeowner, right? Uh, building wealth for her family. Uh, so that's pretty amazing to see. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one. You know, what do you think are some of the, some of the things that made a difference for you becoming successful? What do you say are some of the key traits that make a person successful, make a difference for a successful person? Perseverance, perseverance, tenacity, sticking to it and finding what you love to do. And actually in the Marine Corps, every time for the whole time I was in, it was, I always had one, one philosophy, have three things that you want to do in the future that would make you equally happy. Every time something would come up out of the three, it always did. And it always was good. Just like when I was going to, when I transitioned to officer, I had either the opportunity to go and be an instructor at one of the academies, to be a warrant officer, or to be a commission officer. Those were my three forward things that I had in the, in the workings for that summer. The commission officer happened to be the first one that came uh, through because it was, uh, the board was in April instead of July, August. So that came first, gave it a thought, and I said yes when they selected me. So I went on to it. So it's, it's just that, having options, making sure that you give yourself or make yourself a person that have options. I like that, the three options, that's, that's powerful. Options give you better choices, better choices give you better results, I like it. So next, uh, as you're going through this 35 year career, right? As you're going through, right? Being a minority, being a woman. So, right, that's a double opportunity for growth, right? Not only a woman, but also a woman and a minority. And, you know, growing up in another country, right? What were some of the things that really, would you say went through your mind? Cause so many people, I feel like when the challenge comes up there's voices that can come up and there's different voices you can listen to. The voice of quit, right? It'd be easier to quit or the voice of keep going, it'll be worth it. Like, and I see the people that magnify the voice or just choose a voice that says keep going, or maybe they make themselves become that voice, even though the other voices are loud. What were some of the things you would tell yourself or some of the things that became your reasons for never quitting in all the challenges that came up? It was you. You were my drive. You were always my drive. Um, just an example, when I would take the physical training test, the, P, the PT test, and I was going to do the uh, three-mile run, I would always have you in my mind, and I would always say, what would you do if somebody was at the finish line telling you that Aubrey, you needed to get to Aubrey or they were going to take him? So that made me run the fastest, and I just kept telling me, telling myself, you better get there, you better get there. So uh, that always helped me to be in shape always helped me to be uh, in the high 285 and above for the out of the 300 in the PFT. 
that always got me to make sure that I got good grades in whatever school I went to because I was asking you for good grades. So it was kind of like a mutual thing. If I represented something for you or to you, you were always the drive behind whatever I did because I never wanted us to have to wonder what would we do next to put our meal on the, on, on the table for us. That's powerful. Thank you for that, Mom. A lot of the foundation that you gave me uh, was why I think I could take a lot of chances that I did. Uh, and that's awesome. Good job keeping up on that. You know, you got to find, I, I think what I hear from that is you got to find things bigger than you. When it's just about you, right, it doesn't always push you that hard because you can do without. But when you do it for others, there becomes more fuel mm -hmm. and uh, more reasons, more reasons, more, more action. I like that. Last question, right? Your 35-year decorated career, right? 20 years of decorated career. You did almost double that, 35. Transitioned out, right? You know, you, you have your finances in order. Uh, you don't have to, but, you know, you're, you're, I think you already have two master's degrees, do you? I have one master's. One and, master's. Mm -hmm. And, and going for another two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Going to Florida A&U, uh, Florida Atlantic University, FAU, really great school, pursuing two more masters. Right. You know, why not just let it all go? So many people after they transition or what people would call retire, just kind of like coast. Right. They don't keep going for stuff. They're kind of like done. What is your mindset about that? Why do you keep going for more? Why are you challenging yourself on this next journey? And, you know, what would you tell somebody that maybe they feel like they've already done some stuff in their life and they're thinking about what's next for me. What's the mindset of continuing to grow look like for you? For me was, I, I've always liked school. I've always liked learning and I have not had the opportunity to be just a college student without having to wor worry about where the money's coming from or what is happening around me. I am fortunate to have to be in the position that I can comfortably go to, to school and take care of that. But that is just one part. The other part is that I, I always want to keep learning. I want to, I feel like I'm just getting out of high school right now, like the 35 years uh, in the Marine Corps just finished. And I just finished high school and now I'm going to college and the future is wide open for me to do anything else. I'm very excited to see what career now I can do because I feel that I'm still young. I feel that I still have a lot to give. The other reason also is that I want to make sure, I have seen several of my peers, a lot of uh, veterans that um, struggle with addiction, that struggle with PTSD. I think that if I study to be able to help them, I can do something because they, I will be able to relate. Sometimes it takes somebody that has gone through the same thing as far as the in the service, you have a language, you have, you have a, a life that is kind of hard for somebody who has not been in the service to understand how, how it is. It's just like anywhere. It's not just the service, but anywhere. Doctors have a language, you know, engineers, all that. So I believe that I can give something back by being relatable to those veterans that perhaps are in need and perhaps myself. It's just a way to also give myself purpose again that's awesome that's amazing and uh you know i think what's great you know for for you guys that i'm gonna release like the audio version of this podcast i'm gonna do a video on our youtube uh but for you guys that can kind of hear my mom my mom is 54 turning 55 in february 
right? We're in December mm-hmm. right now, right? My mom is active every day. She'll run laps around a lot of 20 year olds, right? Super sharp. And if you hear her, right? I know people in their fifties that are pretty much like, I'm done with it. This is the end. I'm chilling now. Uh, and my mom sounds like a high school or college student, right? In great shape, right? Looks great, right? A lot of people mistake her for my sister. And I think what this could also serve to, for you guys listening to podcasts or checking out the video is like, maybe share this with some of your family members that feel like, you know, their chapters are coming to a close when their chapters could just be getting started, right? With medicine, with taking care of ourselves, with the advances and all that, right? People are living to 100, 120 regularly. I think by the time that we're at that age, they'll be living to 130, 140 regularly, right? So let's say that were true. It doesn't necessarily have to be true, but let's say it was true and you have family members in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. What if they're just at midpoint and they're thinking they're at fourth quarter? What a difference that could make for them to just see somebody with an example of a healthy lifestyle, taking care of their, their body, their mind, taking on new challenges and you know, using some of these mindsets that my mom shared that have served her in her life up until now and going to continue to serve her. So I want to say thank you for that, mom, because, you know, you're going to be an inspiration to a lot of people. You've made such a difference for me. I always uh, just thank God. I think you put an ace in my hole when he made you as my mom, uh, because you, you've given me so much foundation that really could never even be purchased if people wanted. It has to just be given of love. And I appreciate that. And I'm excited to see all the difference you make because you make a lot of difference for me and Roxy and our pups and everything. Right. But also so many people you're going to help. So I want to say thank you. And uh, does anybody, do you have an email that you want to leave? Maybe somebody has a family member or somebody that wants to reach out to you for some tips. Do you have an email you want to leave or anything? Sure. It is R a Clark with an E at the end, two, one, three at gmail.com. Nice. Again, that's R a C L a R K E Clark two, one three the numbers at gmail.com ra clark 213 at gmail.com that's for my mom rosa thank you so much mom i appreciate you guys appreciate you guys checking out the why not you podcast episode 20 mom the mentor man this has been awesome uh i think this is going to be something i look back on for a while thanks mom i love you Bye. love you